Buying your first buy-to-let property can be a very scary prospect. But today's video will go through step-by-step a checklist of what you need to do to be able to do that confidently. Hi guys, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is all about buying your first buy-to-let property. The reason why we're covering this topic is because property is a great way to become financially free because you get regular cash flow from rent from the property and it's a form of, kind of a form of passive income so that you can have that money, cover your cost of living and start to live a life more in line with what you want. Also, you can get capital appreciation, which will allow you to build your wealth for the future so you become stronger financially as you grow your situation. So, what is the checklist for buying your first property? Well, I'm going to make a couple of assumptions here. Firstly, is that you know what your financial goals are. Because there are many different types of ways in which you can invest Buying in buy-to-let properties is one way. Also, there are many different ways in which you can invest in property. Now, if you're not sure about that area, I've got many videos on how to pick an investment approach and within property, so go check those out. What I'll say here, though, is that if you are new to property and you are not experienced, a good place to start is to invest in safe areas that should have strong fundamentals, so there's good demand, and in areas that are mature in their popularity. So for example, city centres in good, very high demand, big cities within the UK, for example, would definitely hit that spot. But again, depends on where within the city you're buying, okay? Secondly, where you want to invest. There's so many places you can invest, many different ways, right? So you've got to make that decision too. But again, if you're new to this and you're not sure, pick somewhere safe, a good quality city and an area within that city that is in high demand. Because if you do that, then yes, you may not get the best returns, but you're definitely going to have a a much lower risk of anything bad happening. Okay? All right, so let's jump in. So what's the first thing we need to think about? Well, we need to think about the fundamentals of the particular property you're looking at. What I mean by that is when somebody lives in a property, there's a whole load of things that they want, right? They want to have good transport links. They want schools nearby. They might want good shops nearby, right? Good Uh, roads for them to drive to wherever they need to get to for each person that varies okay so you've got to also factor in what type of tenant what type of person is going to stay there because once you know that then you're going to have an idea of what that what's important to that person and if those things are in the location in which you're looking to buy then that is good that means there's strong fundamentals and people are definitely 
more likely to want to uh, rent your place out and that's ultimately why we're buying it we're buying it because that we can then rent it out get good cash flow and in the future it should appreciate it should go up in value because uh, it, over time it will become more in demand and just the nature of property in general certainly in the UK is that over time uh, the assumption is it appreciates not always but that is the long-term trend Okay, next is what is the property worth? Now, this is not the purchase price or the asking price. The asking price is what somebody wants to sell it for. The purchase price is what you pay for it. Market value is what some what the general population would pay for it. So if you didn't pay for it, what would it sell for? Now, the best way to work this out is go on Rightmove or Zoopla. And for guys, guys, if you're not sure about those websites, they're amazing. There is a big platform where people go to sell or rent their properties. And you can use the information on there to get an idea of what other properties are selling for. So you go on there and you go on to buy within Rightmove, for example. And then you want to filter down to look for properties similar to yours or the one you're looking at to get an idea of what other properties are selling for. Or have sold for so you want it to be nearby so kind of ideally a quarter mile radius sold within the last couple of years because any later than that it's going to be irrelevant you want to put in your postcode so again it's within your area filter for say the property type is it a flat is it a house then as you do that you want to start to look through those other properties look at the photos is it the same kind of quality as the property you're looking at? How many bedrooms are there? Is it a similar number? Once you start to get a few properties that are similar to yours, you want to be then looking at the price for each of these to get a range of uh, values that are similar to the price, the property you're looking at. And then you want to be kind of reducing that range as much as possible because the tighter the range, the more confident you're going to be in where the market value is for your particular property and you want to be waiting for properties that look most similar to yours and have sold most recently you can select for sold subject to completion right or stc that you'll see on right move and that just means that somebody's agreed to purchase it but it hasn't formally completed okay so that's probably more accurate number than a property that is trying to be sold but hasn't actually been sold Okay, so next, rent estimates. The same process, but with rent, okay? Because yes, you might have an idea what it's willing to purchase for, but if the rent is not high enough to cover the cost of the property, then that would be a poor purchase, right? We want to make sure we're at least covering our costs, and ideally more than that. So again, go to right move, rent, filter for properties nearby, a quarter of a mile, ideally, same number of bedrooms, same type of property, okay? Then you can tick let agreed, which means that that property has actually been rented. Again, that should be a more accurate figure than somebody just trying to rent it. Sometimes people go too high and get very kind of overconfident. So you don't want to be basing your number on a property like that. And you want to filter out anything that's not relevant, like a retirement home or a student property, unless that's what you're trying to buy. But again, for your first property, I would go for something vanilla. 
with property, there's so much to think about, so many things that could go wrong. Don't worry, don't get scared, right? Just because there's a lot going on, a lot to go wrong, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means you should make sure, ideally the first one is kept as simple as possible. And then that can reduces your risks. But trust me, guys, the best way to get into property is to buy a property. Because through that process, you will learn a lot. A lot of things that you didn't realize you had to think about until you do it. And then that second and then that third property just gets better and better. And then you're like me and you're buying like 10 properties at the same time and doing crazy stuff like that. But I started with that first property and everyone in this game does. So if you're new to this and you want to get started, just do that first one and you'll be surprised at where that takes you. Okay, next thing is property rental speed. It's all well and good, maybe a high rent, but if it takes too long to rent, you get big void periods and so on, then that's an issue. Now, one way you can do that is compare the amount of properties that are offered to being rented and the amount of properties that are being rented. And you can do that by looking at Rightmove. But the next thing I want to talk about is speaking to actual agents. And this, for me, is the gold mine. This is the secret, guys, to being confident when you're buying property. So when I've landed on a particular property and I'm, and I'm happy with it, I call agents in the area and I talk to them. What's the area like? Is it popular? Do people, is it easy to rent? What kind of amount does it rent for? Do you believe the value, the property, the area is doing well? Is it getting better over time? Is it getting worse? All of these things. Now, agents have a tendency to always be positive and optimistic because they're ultimately sales agents, right? So you want to filter through that. You really want to challenge agents when you speak to them because if you don't, you're going to get a very rosy image and it's going to sound like every property is amazing. But it's only when you buy it that you realize that actually it may not be as amazing as they first mentioned. The amount of times I've spoken to agents, they said, yeah, yeah, no problem, great property, will rent really well, doesn't need much work. And then you buy the property and then you suddenly realize it needs thousands of pounds in work. Actually, the rent probably needs to come down a little bit to, to rent it much more quickly, okay? So really challenge agents. And a good way to do that is to say, What's your confidence level of that? What figure would you give at a 95% confidence rating? What's the range in which it would achieve? Yeah, How long do you think it would take for it to rent? Really challenge them with these types of questions. You're going to get a much better quality answer. Now, a cheeky little tip is that if you're looking to really get um, confident figures and you want to get buy-in from an agent, now you can't do this too often because otherwise they'll stop they'll stop answering your calls. But you can say, I'm about to complete on this property or I'm due to complete on this property, right? Or I'm, I'm late in the stage in purchasing this property. Well, then they're going to be much more interested because they're going to, they, they have a higher expectation that soon you'll be looking to purchase this property and uh, have them rent it out uh, on your behalf. Okay, now that's the process in which I take to get an idea of the market and whether property sounds good. But the key for me, guys, is all about the numbers. If you're buying to invest in property, yeah, 
You're buying it for the numbers. You're buying it for the return. You're buying it for the expectation of, of it appreciating. You're buying it for an expectation of getting a monthly uh, cash flow from that property. And you might also be buying it just to get a deal, to get an opportunity, like getting it a below market value so that in time, when you remortgage it or sell it, you can get an uplift in that property. All of that is in the numbers. And the better you are with the numbers, the better you're going to be at this game. Now, luckily for you, I have an awesome spreadsheet that I use, that I use for all my property analysis. And by doing that, it makes something that can be very complicated, very simple. So in the show notes to this video, I'm going to link to it. And you can use that as a basis. If you've got your own one, great. But I highly encourage you to use mine or create one yourself. Now, the important thing with this is that you want to be consistent in how you analyze properties. There's so many different things that you can put in. You can be really simple in what you analyze or you can put a whole big list. So, for example, monthly costs. Well, are you managing it or someone else? Now, I most properties I own, I have something else managed. So I've got to put in the management fees for that. Service charge and ground rent if it's a flat. Insurance, building insurance, uh, if I've got to pay for that. Usually, if it's a freehold property, I've got to pay the insurance. Certainly, if I've got a mortgage, you've got to. If it's a flat, then uh, the, the service company will do that for you. But you want to put all in those costs. You can put in repairs, you can put other things, but make sure you're consistent. Put all that information in. And also when you're speaking to agents about a particular property, you can find that information out and then put it into your spreadsheet. If you don't know, you can always make rough assumptions based on previous properties you've looked at. Next, you want to be thinking about the cost, the upfront costs of buying a property. Now, obviously, there's the purchase price, but the vast majority of people buying properties as an investment get a mortgage on it. Now, the reason for that is that you can two, uh, two reasons. One, you can leverage your money. So you can take £50,000 of your own money and you can make that £200,000 of property by getting a mortgage against those properties, effectively. You only need to put in a small, small amount against the full property. Now, usually it's a minimum 25% deposit for buy-to-let investments, and that's a good place to start. Other things that you're gonna have to usually pay for when purchasing properties, uh, two, the mortgage application or valuation fee. Again, it varies between different lender and so on, um, but I usually put in a conservative 500 pounds there. Stamp duty, varies depending on the property and it varies depending on when you're doing it because stamp duty is always changing at the moment. So go online and search for a stamp duty calculator and that will be able to do it. Also, my spreadsheet has got a very simple calculation there, but make sure it's relevant to what's going on at the current moment. So stamp duty calculator online is your best bet and you can put that number in. Next, solicitor's fees to facilitate the purchase and for the lender. Again, I put in a conservative figure of £2,000, but that varies. Broker fees, usually £500, but can vary as well. 
And then lastly, any refurbishment work. So when you buy the property, for you to take that property that you purchased to then be able to rent it out for what you want it to be, often there can be refurbishment costs. And that could be something light, like a bit of a repaint, or it could be more like having to completely do all the carpets and maybe take put in a new kitchen, right? So whenever you're speaking to agents or looking at the photos, you want to get an estimate at how much is it going to cost to get this property up to the shape I want it to be for me to be able to rent it, yeah? All right, great. So all of those costs go into the calculator, into the, the, the spreadsheet to work out the numbers for that particular property. So when you put in all the numbers, the key things you want to be looking at are one, how much money do I need to have to buy this property? So what I call that as upfront cash or the investment. So that's all of the stuff, like I said, the deposit, okay, to the property, but it's also stamp duty, legals, mortgage application fee, all of that. You want to add all that up because that's how much money you need to have. So the first question I'm asking is, well, do I have enough? If not, then I need to go find another property that's cheaper, that might have lower refurbishment cost work, so it's within my budget, yeah? Next thing I'm looking at is what is my return on investment? Now that is the money I'm making from the money I'm putting in. So the upfront cash is the investment, right? So let's say it's 50,000 pounds, okay? Well, if I'm putting in, let's, let's go with a more simple figure. Let's just say it's 10,000 pounds. 10,000 pounds put in. Well, what am I getting back for that? Well, let's say I'm making 200 pounds a month net cash flow. Well, that's per month. So I would take that to an annual amount, which would be 2,400 pounds. And I divide that by the 10,000 pounds upfront capital invested which is 2,400 over 10, which is, now you test my maths, 24% return on investment. Now that's very high for property. So that's a theoretical example I've just given you there, but that's essentially what that spreadsheet is doing, is giving you that calculation. Now generally speaking, anything more than kind of 10% is really good and often means that you're either getting that you've got an angle there, you found a property that's difficult to sell or uh, not many people know about it, or it's a very high yield area and it's not got necessarily good capital appreciation. And then as the returns go down, you know, you might be willing to accept a lower return on investment if there's a higher capital appreciation potential. So if you believe a certain area is gonna do very well in the future, an increase in value, then maybe you want to go for that. And again, that comes back to what is your financial goals and what type of return, what type of benefits are you wanting to get from that property? So that's why starting with the financial goals and knowing that will really help shape how you're assessing the properties uh, through the analysis, okay? So return on investment, as a percentage and upfront cash to be invested. They're the two key figures. And then a third one, which is also important, is the absolute amount return, yeah? So in the example I gave, 200 pounds a month, maybe your goal is to get, say, a thousand pounds a month in net cash flow from property to help support your income. 
or maybe it's say £3,000 so that you can quit your job and you can have all your money coming from property. Whatever it is, that can help you work to that bigger. Now, once you put it all in the spreadsheet, you've got those numbers, okay? Next thing to do is to speak to your broker. Now, guys, I've got a great broker, and I'll, I'll link him to the show notes. He's amazing. But if you've got your own and you're confident in them, use them. But you definitely want to have a good broker. And if you don't have a good one or you don't have one, get one. They are so worth their weight in gold. The broker that I have at the moment has been so invaluable, when, especially when you're doing like 10 properties at the same time. Having someone that you trust that you can go to with any questions that you know that things will go well and if there's problems, they'll help you address it is so valuable. Okay. Another reason why they're valuable is they can help you spot issues in a property early on. So again, this is only if you're getting lending. Now, most people do. Some people buy in cash. It's a different approach. But if you are getting lending, a broker is absolutely important. First thing is, can you get lending? What's your situation? If you've got no income coming in, that can make it difficult. Second question, if you can get lending, how much lending can you get? Are there certain issues? Can you only go with certain lenders because of your circumstances? With those lenders, what are the specific numbers? So for example, what's the mortgage rate that you'll be able to get? How much are they going to cost me for the particular products these lenders are going to willing to give you? You can put that information into the analysis and that will give you much more accurate figures. And then lastly, they can actually review the property and tell you whether there's any potential risks or issues. So for example, there's the big cladding issue at the moment right where lots of properties are not getting lending on because of fire risk issues so they may be able to flag that and say that's high concern there you need to check that out or for example they may say oh there's too many stories in that block nobody's going to want to lend on that because it's too big or it's really old or the the uh, it's too close to commercial is another very common issue if it's too com- co- close to commercial pubs, especially lenders hate that. Now, often lenders will still lend with these problems, but for example, they will restrict your loan to value. So they'll say, "Yeah, we'll lend to you, but we're not going to lend you seventy-five percent of the value. We're going to lend you sixty-five percent of the value." And as a result of that, you need to put more money in the deal, and that could do two things. It could one mean the overall return on investment is lower the percentage and that might be less than you want and two it might mean you don't have enough cash to put into the deal so these things are really really important now in summary i've gone through all of the key steps that i use and i think you will absolutely benefit from but the best way to approach this guys is once you've landed on your financial goals and your area that you that you're interested in Take a standard property. Don't spend too much time. Find a kind of a vanilla typical property. Take that and then run the process. And then that will give you an idea of where the numbers are going to come in at and whether you can afford it, whether it's a good enough return and so on. And then from that, you can then start to narrow in on properties that are more like what you want or 
start to produce better returns than uh, and more close to what you actually want uh, but you're benchmarking it from that initial uh, approach that's really useful because you might take that example property go through it and realize that you don't have enough money at the moment for that area or the return on investment is so low compared to what you're expecting actually that's not something for you and you don't want to go through the process of you know finding those properties and doing all of that work if actually there's something that is just going to deal break it yeah okay guys so i hope you found that useful this is the key to being confident and getting it right first time getting that checklist going through the important bits making sure you've covered off it all but guys ultimately the way to get into property investing is just buy that first property learn as you go and then when you go to the next one you're going to have more experience and you're just going to get better and better so as long as you don't make any big mistakes on that first one just doing it and actually going through the process is half the battle guys i hope you found that useful if you did please do like and subscribe to find out uh, straight away when my future weekly videos come out if you'd like me to cover future different topics let me know in the show notes questions thoughts on this video i'd love to hear that and finally if you know anybody that would value watching this video please do share it with them that's all from me i'll see you next week bye bye